I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter. I head up Hip Hop by the Numbers on Twitter, where I use hip hop statistics to highlight the bigger picture. And I am director of the Fifth Element, where I highlight the Fifth Element Hip Hop, which is knowledge. And welcome to Digging in Digits. morning Ben. Happy daylight savings. Uh, dude, I, got, I, got, I got an hour less sleep yesterday. I do not need. No one, no one needs less sleep. No one's saying, you know what, I need less sleep. It was rough. It's rough at the moment. Oh, oh boy. Yeah, no, the day after daylight savings is <sighs> the worst. The worst. Can't, can't, I'm not looking forward to it. I'm not looking forward to it at all because you just, you just wake up and you're just like, Ah, uh, shit, it's Daylight Savings. Ah, uh, that's the worst day ever. You know what the worst thing Ugh. is? Last night, obviously, now it's lighter for longer, and today's a public holiday in Australia, so I'm going to bed at, like, 8.30 because I've got to wake up at, like, 5. <laughs> Everyone's still outside partying. So I'm trying to sleep, <laughs> and I'm hearing, like, oh, conversation, boy. and everyone's having fun, and it's still Damn. light almost, and I'm like, oh, dear, Damn. man. This is rough. This is real dark, dark times. Damn. Yeah, tough, man. Oh yeah, that just sounds like uni, doesn't it? It sounds like it sounds like freshers, mate. That sounds... <laughs> yeah, it's tough, man. It's tough. It sounds like freshers week. Fuck you know. I don't, yeah. I don't know if you, do you know what freshers week is? Do you call it freshers week? What well, do you call it? What, we, what do you see, call like the what do you call like the first few weeks of get of like of university where everyone know, just parties we, and we call it O week, which is a bit weird, but uh, it's o, like orient what, what week O week because it's orientation O week. week. Oh, okay. Yeah, so. So so I didn't I didn't stay on campus when I went to university but uh oh my gosh man like cuz we had we had two bars on campus um so I spent a lot of time on campus even though I didn't live there but yeah man a mm. week a week it's uh it's messy let's put it that way sloppy yeah it's a super slop, messy sloppy yeah. week. that's 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 fascinating cuz yeah we call it freshers it's basically like you you get there and then it's just like two weeks, and the and the, most of the time the city you're in or like the campus that you're in, they just embrace that shit. They're just like fresh as we, mad drinks. It's all get drunk shit. It's just like every everywhere is just like open. Everywhere's just like go gunning for it, like trying to get trying to get you to party in their place. Like the the, the hounding yeah. is absurd. Like it's crazy, bro. Yeah. But anyway, and then and then everyone gets ill, and then everyone starts hating each other because um, everyone tries to be fake at the start. But yeah, yeah that's I, life, I can't relate man. to that. Any <laughs> can't relate to that, my boy. Can't relate to that. But anyway, um, university memories aside, uh, how was your week? And what did you listen to? Uh week was yeah, it was it was pretty rough again. Jeez, man, I really am stacking them up. But you know what? I only got to two albums this week because I don't know what's going on with 2019. But there's not a lot of music dropping. But I was super excited for Danny Brown. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Now, because mm-hmm. I've only listened to two albums, I'm going to give a bit of a break. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give a bit of a breakdown on this album because when I put it on, you know what my first thought was? I was like, "This is his universal mind control. Like, this is just the beats. The content was there, but I felt that the production was way too fragmented to like truly serve Danny's unique qualities as an MC." which are his voice mm. and his outrageous bars. Like, he has some of the greatest bars. Oh, man, sometimes he just says stuff and you're just like, how does a, a human brain come up with that? But 
when it like the the start of the album, Paul White produced the first song, and it perfectly sets up what I thought was going to be a really immersive experience because Danny comes in monotone. Uh, his lyrics and his delivery are really dark. And I was like, this is really reminding me of the start of Atrocity Exhibition. But then, and, and theme song kept that vibe. But then it went left, man, like Dirty Laundry, but produced by Q-Tip. That beat was mm-hmm. just weird. It did, didn't fit. JPEG Mafia on two tiers. Is it two tiers or three tiers? I don't know, one of the two. Three, uh, three tiers. It three. was JPEG. It was uh, Run the Jewels, isn't it? Run the Jewels uh, rapped on it, but JPEG produced it. Oh, produced. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And and I'm what I wrote is, what I wrote is, I think it's a disservice to LP because I think, look, JPEG Mafia, we've spoken about him. We love him. We love his production, but yeah, it, just, it just did not fit. Imagine LP was just, he delivered one of the best guest verses this year, in my view, but he needs to be over his own production, which is stomping. Like, it shatters mm. the earth. And this just didn't match it up and so it just kept going from there and and uh it, it just kept oscillating like savage nomad was one of the better beats of 2019 and danny wrote it like it was an incredible song but then mm. best life which came back with q-tip again was mismatched the track with flying lotus and thundercat uh which it's a standout but because it's Flying Lotus and Thundercat. Like, what do you think you're going to get with them? Of course, you're going to get this, like, scattered, weird time signature, and it just didn't fit the album. And so I personally didn't think... Like, there were three or four songs here that were very immersive and that dragged you into the narrative, like Change Up, Theme Song, and Combat. If he'd kept that aesthetic, then I think it would have been a classic album. But outside of that, man, it was just too all over the place. But Danny's bars mm. are crazy. Like 50.7% of his bars are punchlines. 17.3% are about sex. And I guarantee you, it's not the way DeBaby's rapping about sex. Like, it's funny. Mm-hmm. It's witty. It's like, it's like there's one bar. Um, Hang on, I got it here. He's like, um, <laughs> Ho tried to kill the dick, strangled them and choked them. After she was done, I looked down at my penis like, nah, she ain't really mean it. <laughs> I was just like, where'd you come <laughs> up with this shit? He's so, so, yeah, man, like his bars were pretty crazy. Um, but I, I felt like this was a transition album for Danny. It, it certainly feels like he's more sober. There's less drugs than his, uh, his previous four. Uh, and it just feels like he's you know, searching for the light, which I respect. And I really like that growth arc, but I think his next album will be the full fruition of this, uh, this change rather than this felt like a transitional album. So I was Mm. a little bit disappointed, but there's definitely some slaps on there. Uh, I checked out Mm -hmm. Mozzie and Gunplay's Chopsticks and Banana Clips. Now I love Mozzie. What's up there? How cool is that, right? Um, Boss name, yeah. So Mozzie's 32, right? He's he's gone all the way back. He collaborated with Suge back in the day. Uh, and he's one of the most consistent artists in the game. Gunplay is one of the like most mismanaged artists in the game, in my view. He's signed to MMG, I think, still. And I think they have just totally mismanaged his career. It's like they don't even care about him. They don't put him on anything. They don't promote his albums. Like he had an album out maybe last year and no one knew about it and i'm like gunplay was kind mm-hmm. of big at one point but this album i really enjoyed because 
look, I can't speak on street stuff. I don't know anything about it, but this... Oh, really? <laughs> surprising, eh? Like, like <laughs> it's like I've never been outside. I actually haven't ever been outside. You know, this is, I've never seen a gun in my life. Um, but this, uh, it feels true, man. It feels like very authentic. And they're not rapping about, I'm super rich. They're rapping about like real emotional shit that goes on in the street and it's it's deep. I, I believe every bar and I appreciate an artist speaking on this side of the life without being drawn into that fake flex trope where I think mm. it's like you have to talk about half street, half money. They don't talk about the half money. They just talk about the street and um, you know, it's 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 a deep album and it, it might not seem like that when you think Mozzie and Gunplay, but honestly, I would recommend people check that out because yeah, it was a deep album. So that's why I listened to. What about yourself? See, this is weird because when you when you listen to like I don't know one or two projects, some, and then you can actually get into detail with it, and then I'm just like, I've got ten, and I need to get through them all in like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you go and do the dash on that man. Oh. I I know I'm I'm I have a I'm I'm a buffet listener you know what I mean like I just get like give me just give me like five projects and I'm just gonna go just like not speed through them because I listen to them from start to finish I'm not that person yeah I hate that person when they just like listen to like twenty seconds of each track and they oh, can't yeah, stand no. listening to the album no. the worst people in in life anyway no. um so uh yeah so starting off with Brandy Younger Soul Awakening uh this is a jazz album and it's just so beautiful. It's so flowy. Uh, it's oh, so great. And the key element to this, and I always try and like with jazz, I try and find like a just like a special element that makes it unique, I guess, to other jazz albums. Because sometimes it can, sometimes they can all blend together, you know. Uh, especially when you listen to like three in a week, like I sometimes do. Um, this one has a harp in it for most of it, and it just it just brightens it up. It just it just makes it all fluffy. I, I just I, I really love it. Um, one I actually recommend to I should recommend to you actually personally uh, is uh, Low Key Soundtrack to the Struggle Two. Okay. Uh, this guy is I I I'm so pissed that like I've only heard of this dude this year because uh, he's a he's a British Iraqi uh, rapper and he's been around for over ten years in the game and he's just one of those where like. You know, no radio play, none of that. You know, just just straight talk what he wants to talk about, and you know, just organic fan base and all that. Mm. But the stuff that this dude talks about, he talks about politics. He talks about Grenfell twice on a track, on two tracks, literally named Grenfell. Um, he talks about uh, economics, like he has uh, what's his name, um, Noam Chomsky on the start of the tra- oh, on the first real? track. He got Noam Chomsky. Yeah, literally, he's like, talking oh. to him, like talking to him on it. Like, wait, just, wait, wait, it's, wait. It's, is this is this a Noam Chomsky feature or is this like a recording? It's technically a feature. <laughs> it's technically That's a feature. Lit. Like, it, it, it literally starts off with just going, "I'm Noam Chomsky," and this is soundtrack to the struggle too. <gasps> oh and then they just get gosh. into talking about they just get into talking about like uh, uh, neoliberalism and just like oh, and stuff like that. It's just shit. real political. Like this is the most political record I've heard in a while. Oh, that's wild. Like it's 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 so to you. It's so that's to your throat. But that's the weirdest. I thing. say all that when it comes with all that, all them politics. Uh, there's like one story. There's one called Ahmed, uh, well Ahmed, where like he talks about a kid who just basically like basic storytelling thing. And it's just like a, I think he's like a refugee and like. Basically, like, you know, telling the government, how dare you do this? And they're trying to, like, you know, 
survive and you know get a life basically and stuff like that and just constantly just shitting on the government there's one called mcdonald trump which is funny as shit Uh, (laughs) but even with all that even with all that there's like two tracks um uh uh, goat talk and i forgot the other i forgot the name of the other one but there's two tracks where he just spazzes out just lyrically just spazzes out and it's just crazy like i I, it's this this album is so it's an hour and a half and it's just jam-packed with so much it's so you have to listen to every single thing because everything's important and it's just uh, the 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 weight this dude gives is crazy bro it's crazy like politics economics like society uh today's britain it's just crazy it's just absolutely mad like i can't i can't i can't get my head around it out of how boss it is there's a definite top 10 contender just from a content standpoint uh, it might yeah, not be awesome. like the easiest listen for everyone. It's not exactly something that you put on your regular rotation, except yeah. Goat Talk and uh, the other um, freestyle kind of track. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's called The Return of Loki, the other one. But yeah, it's, it's, it's the whole album is just madness. Um, so uh, continuing on, uh, Joel Ross, Kingmaker. Um, he basically leads on this one in terms of a, uh, in terms of a jazz standpoint. He, he basically leads a, a, a band of sorts. And... Um, I, I was I was kind of um I I liked the project itself. I just didn't really. It it wasn't it was if I connect this with like Brandy Young's uh, Soul Awakening, there wasn't really anything unique that jumped out to me. It seemed like a just uh you know a, a great a great lead uh, jazz record, but um I don't know. It didn't really just connect to me and stick to me like uh my, like I like I was, I usually look for in a jazz album. Uh, Summer Walk is over it. Um. Ah, boy, um, this is uh, this is disappointing. Um, I will be real, cause uh, you know, I, I I like I like Summer Walker. She's cool. Um, her previous projects, I think like a year or two ago, it was it was good. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's like that one with like CPR and uh, uh, I forgot the other tra- names of the tracks, but yeah, stuff like that. It was very it was very you know, bassy and uh, you know just traditional. Well, not traditional, but very of the time, I guess, in terms of like you know how beats are going these days in hip hop and R and B. But this seems so cookie cutter, so safe. I I'm just disappointed because there's nothing, there's nothing really, there's nothing really sticking its neck out. Like you know, she has a couple of tracks about sex, a couple of tracks about relationships. It's just. You know, when you have like stuff like you know Jamila Woods and you know uh, Ari Lennox, Che Bar Baby, you know, there's a lot of well, her as well. You know, there's a lot of good R and B records going out right now, and they're all you know trying to push the boundary. And this this just seems like funny enough. Bryson Tiller's featuring on this one, on on one of these tracks, and it just seems like it just seems like trap soul, but but uh, but four years later, it's just like. This this should be this should have been dropped like four years ago. That's how it feels to me. It feels like a major record label just went, oh, that was great. Let's just do that, but put a woman on it. It's, it's, mm. it, 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 it just yeah, don't. Trap, it just, it didn't flow me. Trap Souls a bit. That's a while ago now. Like exactly, it's a, it's a classic, Trap Soul was great. It's a while yeah, back. Yeah, now. yeah, exactly. Trap Soul was great, and this is okay. But I'm not. It's just it just didn't it just didn't push out to anything else. It was yeah. just that. It was so safe. And I'm kind of disappointed on that because everyone's been hyping up Summer Walker for the past like few weeks, and I'm just like, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. What you got? And then it's just like, eh, it's just yeah. here, here it is. It's just um, yeah, just it's cookie cutter. Very disappointing. 
Uh, Danny Brown, you know what I'm saying? Um, I, f- I think uh, I think my difference is is actually I prefer like the last half of the album compared to the first half. Like there were there were some bits I enjoyed. Obviously, the Run the Jewels feature was enjoyable. I like that. Dirty Laundry, I'm okay with. I didn't mind that track. Uh, but once it once it got to like best life and down that down that road, I've I've, I've, I've personally found more of a cohesion, um, and it just stopped being so rickety to me. But um, I understand what you're saying in terms of how you felt about it, and uh, yeah, so it's kind of an interesting one. It's it's not exactly I wouldn't say it's as uh, you know in your face as like a Trossy exhibition, but it's uh, but you know in terms of just where he's at, it's this kind of um, I guess. Uh, good to see but uh music wise i was just like yeah it's all right it's, it's, it's yeah. cool you know there's, there's a couple of good tracks on it so but uh it's not exactly anything i'm uh, whooping and hollering about personally uh and f- the comet is coming uh i actually listened to two of their projects because uh one came out ages ago and i've just been trying to find time to listen to it but i'll just clump them both together because they're very similar and just i want to talk about the comet is coming to be honest so the first one is called trust in the life force of the deep mystery Nice name, and the other one's called the Afterlife, which I think dropped a few days ago. Now they're both a little bit different in terms of project-wise, but uh, just the whole vibe of the comet is coming is crazy. It's like it's like funk. Uh, it's it's like if Daft Punk tried jazz, and then P Funk came in and just influenced that as well. It's it's so weird. There's so many fun elements towards this group. And it's just, it, it just fascinates me so much. And you can throw in, like, Tame Impala in there in terms of vibe as well. Very psychedelic elements as well. It's just, it's just a lot. It's just a lot going on, and I like it. It's a, it's, a, it's a mixing pot, it's a melting pot, and it's just a jazz, funk, electronic gumbo, and it's, it's great. I have thoroughly enjoyed that. And uh, lastly, uh, Damon Locks and Black Monument Ensemble, which is called uh, Where Future Unfolds. Now, that is my kind of jazz record, boy. So, uh, it's, it's, I don't know how to explain it. So, like, think Public Enemy, but jazz. It's, <laughs> there's a lot of, like, a very, you know, fight the power kind of feeling uh, towards the lyri- lyrics on here. Uh, most of it's just, like, a, you know, a group of, uh, a, gr- a group of vocalists just, like, singing these things. And it's just super powerful and super empowering. Uh, yeah, just, it just, uh, just constantly hits you with good shit and, uh, there's a lot of uh, good samples on here as well, which uh, I guess uh, makes a little uh, nod to hip hop and I guess Public Enemy as well, um, and and obviously that kind of vibe, also Paris and stuff like that. So yeah, finally enjoyed that record. But yeah, that's uh, and breathe. Finally got through that bloody hell. That's there right, a lot, man. There's there's a lot of variety this week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're all over me. the place. That's nice. <sighs> okay, so let's get to our topic. <laughs> of okay. <the> day. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to intro? I mean, yeah, why not? Let me just take out my jacket. Fuck it. <laughs> you go for it. <laughs> Is he sweating over there? You need a towel. Uh, right. Funny. Yeah. Uh, you remember. You remember. All right. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to talk. Joke, <laughs> we're going to talk about. Um, we're going to talk about drugs this week. We're going to talk about consumption culture in hip hop, and obviously, it's a topic that has gotten a lot of press. A lot of press. Uh, we've lost some very prominent people, very prominent hip hop uh, personalities over the past, well, you know, ten to fifteen years, because mm-hmm. hip hop has transitioned from selling to taking, and it's a very weird transition. And 
it, it seems weird for the people uh, in America, but from the outside, it actually doesn't seem that weird. You know, it, rock music has been about drug consumption since the early 60s, and it's, it's actually... Uh, rock's arc has changed a little bit. There's no more consumption culture, really. Like, it's not cool to be that washed-up alcoholic rock star anymore, whereas in before, it used to be really cool. And I think hip-hop is starting to head in that direction. I don't think it's as cool as it used to be, which is weird to even say that it's cool to to take prescription pills and to drink lean, but honestly, everyone was rapping and singing about it maybe even less than 18 months ago. Now, you know, since we mm. lost Mac Miller, since we lost Lil Peep, uh, there's a Juicy J line on the, what's that song with Ray Shremard? Um, everyone will know what I'm talking about, but he's like, rest in peace, little Peep. I need to slow down on them Zans. And basically every time rappers rap about Xanax now, it's, it's kind of like, yeah, we need to like, you know, pull back from that. But I think it's interesting to have a look at consumption culture and how it's changed over time so what i'm going to do and what uh, charlie and i will do is i wrote an article for genius in 2016 it was actually the very first statistical article i ever wrote and it was about tracking the use of drugs in hip-hop and how the the drugs that artists are rapping about has changed dramatically over the years and uh going back over that transition and and that arc from selling or firstly from uh, very, uh, it was a, there was an abstinence culture in the '80s. If you listen to '80s hip hop, it's like a lot of it was about not taking drugs at all, and and how people who took drugs were mm-hmm. weaker or lesser people, even. Uh, and there mm-hmm. was definitely a, a, a rejection of consumption. And then around the early '90s, it started to change, mainly with marijuana. And yeah, it started to grow and grow and grow to what we have now. So yeah, what what are your thoughts on this, Charlie? I'm interested to hear. Because uh, we haven't spoken about it off air. Like, I'm just interested to hear what your thoughts on this whole consumption culture is. Um, it actually reminds me of a quote that I've heard rec- that I heard recently, and it's just got me thinking about it in this moment. Um, I think it was uh, by uh, Mos Def, well, Yasin Bey now, um, who uh, I think he said like I think I'm paraphrasing. It's not verbatim, but I think the quote was like, "Hip hop is where the people is." Or, or where the people are at, something like that, mm. and it kind of makes me that kind of makes me think about this in terms of just like obviously this isn't some you know artists taking these drugs and stuff like that, and then singing about well rapping about taking these drugs as well, regardless if it's negative or positive. I think we'll um, I'm I'm just going to push back that area of it for the moment, just for this point. Um, it clearly state it clearly just says something about I guess where America's at specifically. I guess we not gonna no point again. It's a national battle for the moment. Um, of, yeah, just saying where America's at. So you know, obviously in the eighties it was you know crack epidemic, and there were a lot of there were a lot of artists that were privy to the fact that this was something that wasn't just them. It seemed like it was a lot more. And because of that, it made them obviously say, this is all wrong. This is yeah. this is a wrong science going on here. But 
it, 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 it gets more it gets more hazy i guess once we get to like the 2000s and that where you know people like uh, dj screw starts dying for from from lean yeah. stuff like that you'd think at that point it would it would kind of stop but i think after that it just got i don't, I don't know sticks on it but it just kind of got more got worse yeah, it did get it got it got really got worse and i just find the you'd think it would stop there but obviously it got worse and then now i guess obviously the the big thing is uh fentanyl in uh in the u.s and i don't see many artists rapping about that particular side of things um partly because the news i guess uh in, in american american news media uh, kind of kind of makes the fentanyl epidemic a, a more of like a, a a white people issue where crack mm. was more of a black issue kind of thing mm. yeah, um true. this is like an overall point obviously it's not um it's, it's, it's i'm very i'm very over i'm i'm overblowing uh, the whole thing really and just being very generalizing but yeah uh, maybe that's why most artists don't mention fentanyl um, in this in this particular case, even though it's the height of this uh, new epidemic in the US uh, in terms of opioids. But I get I, I guess it, I, I do find I do find it fascinating of how it's gone from this to gone from this is bad to I take it, you know, and that, and, and sometimes I don't really I can't really gather whether they're saying it's positive or negative they just say it and yeah. i think that requires a lot of uh, i think that's kind of where the artist has fell off in terms of um awareness because some i listen and i don't know i don't know what fence outside of the fence they're on that's a great and it point. really worries me because yeah. you know again in the 80s it was straight up this is bad <laughs> like you you shouldn't do this like you know my brother died of this uh, or something like that you know telling stories about those kind of things and and what they see but there are some artists right here i won't mention any because you know i can't really think of any i just rather not do that but some i just hear they they you know attend uh, uh, either a story of, t- of taking drugs or just saying they take drugs or whatever you know again being very generalizing but i don't know where they sit on it and Maybe it's maybe there's also a point like a you know a case of longevity here. I think that's a dimension that should be added of like uh, if the artist has like a ten year career and they're still talking about those kind of things. I'm just like, well, clearly you must be <laughs> you must be taking it because uh, you wouldn't be talking about it if you weren't anymore. Uh, I, I just don't I just don't really know. I'd, that's I think that's the main problem for me anyway when I listen to records these days it's just like people need to be more specific on where they stand on it and it's been it's, there's a lot of vague there's a lot of vagueness out out here in these streets right now it's just a it's just a bit worrying yeah that's well i mean future is a great example of that uh, firstly i just want to give a really quick rundown of the linear progression of it but that those points you said are, are so salient like I, I agree with you and and I never really thought of it in that in that aspect before but now that you mentioned that it's like it is kind of rare to hear artists actually talk about how they feel about the drugs they're taking whereas when artists were rapping about selling drugs they certainly well, they do they just say the side effects and I'm like yeah we know that yeah, do you yeah. like them? Do you not? <laughs> yeah, that well, that's the thing. Like, like, uh, I guess we're not we're, with uh, selling culture. You know, rappers rapping about selling drugs. 
a lot of the time they're giving all sides, all sides of the thing, like, you know, the, the what it's yes. doing to the community, uh, why they're doing it in the first place, how it makes them feel, the positives and negatives, like we're getting the whole picture. Whereas nowadays we're not really getting that until we hear these news stories of rappers overdosing. And then we're like, oh shit, like that was real. That was really freaking real and, and it's really horrible. Firstly, I just want to track back a little bit because the one drug that is the most prevalent and, and listeners are probably sitting there like, oh, marijuana. Yes, marijuana was the first mainstream drug that was being consumed rather than sold. And, you know, Dr. Dre, Cypress Hill, Snoop Dogg, like early 90s. And, and there's this huge correlation, not causation that people use with marijuana saying that it's a gateway drug. I was listening to, what, what was I listening to the other day where someone said it was a gateway? It might have even been Rick and Morty. I don't know. But it was like, that's crazy, right? I watch Rick and Morty all the time. So it might have been, I don't know what it was. But it's like people saying that marijuana is a gateway drug. And if you look at the statistics, and this is something that you know we have to be very careful of, it kind of looks like a gateway drug when we're looking into consumption culture in hip-hop because it was the first drug that mainstream rappers were consuming rather than selling and then it changed into uh well prescription pills in the late 90s early 2000s a little bit but lean was really the first drug that mainstream rappers were rapping about outside of marijuana on mass and consuming as well but marijuana did not start that trend. I don't want anyone to think that marijuana is a gateway into this culture that we have now because everyone's been consuming marijuana for, you know, 20, 30 years. And I don't know, I think there's like zero recorded fatalities from it. Uh, I think, I don't know if that's a, an overblown hype headline, but I certainly have not heard of too many uh, people saying that marijuana is a dangerous drug and it's being legalized in many places in the US. So let's like stomp that out now it's like saying alcohol is a gateway drug it's not so i don't want that to be the rhetoric here but you know lean what you said about dj screw is weird right because he died pretty early like that was what mid 2000s um yeah pimp c died as well and big mo yeah and then for some reason and i think it's gonna be little wayne as much as we hate to say it i think it's gonna be little wayne lean just took off like late 2000s and then early 2010s and yeah it just kind of blew up man and it was it's sad like you look at someone like little wayne and like he has genuinely had physical issues because of his drug addiction and he's rapped about the he's actually rapped about both sides of it um the heaven and the hell and the pain and the euphoria there's a song called Pour Up or uh, I Feel Like Dying. Man, that that's deep stuff. The other artist that made me think about it when you said what side of the fence are they on is Future. Now, Future apparently doesn't even take drugs. There was an interview in like, I don't know if anyone saw this. There was an interview in like 2018 or 2019. He first said it in 2016. He said he doesn't do anywhere near the amount of drugs he raps about. And then he continued to rap about it. And then it was like uh, 2018, I think, there was another interview, and he said the same thing. He's like, I don't take that many drugs. Yet 13.6% of his lyrics, 13 .6 of his lyrics in commercial album career are about consuming drugs. And he named an entire album after Lean. So 
that is the problem that there is. And Rory from Joe Budden Podcast made a really great point about this. He said, when rappers were selling drugs, it wasn't that easy to imitate for young kids because it's not easy to sell drugs. Like you have to go Mm. out, you have to find the drugs, you have to find someone who's going to front you the drugs and you've got to go sell them. Like it's not imitatable. It's for anyone who thinks that they're going to listen to a 50 cent song and they're going to go out and start shooting and selling crack cocaine. That's not the way it's going to happen, man. It's not going to happen like that. However, it is much more imitatable when someone's rapping about taking drugs because especially prescription pills in this era, it's a lot easier to get your hands on that stuff. And Mm. all you got to do is all you got to do is put it in your mouth. And, you know, what you said about most deaf rapping about uh, saying that hip-hop is what's going on. Sorry, I'm, I'm all over the place because you put on some great freaking points in that last bit. Uh, it's so true. I was having a conversation with my friend the other day and we were sitting on my bed and she's just like, when did everyone start taking drugs instead of drinking? And I'm like, I don't know, but I noticed this about two years ago when I started dating again. And like 80% of the girls I dated were taking a lot of drugs on the weekend. And I was like, why and then they said well everyone's doing it i said but everyone used to drink alcohol when i was young and they're like oh now we just take drugs so (laughs) it's 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 reflecting what's happening in society absolutely and uh, and that just i just it just irritates me and i mean i mean i don't want to get comical or anything but like why are you being a sheep like that (laughs) it's just like it doesn't it it really doesn't make sense on that front um it's just like Oh, everyone else is doing that. I hate that shit. I really do. Oh, it's how like, bad is that? Why, how why, bad why, is that? How why, bad? why do you want to be a sheep? Why, oh, Sydney, why, man. Why you want to be a sheep Everyone's like a sheep. That, everyone's that, a sheep in Sydney. So I can understand that. But like, <laughs> come on, man. It, it's, just, it's just a joke. Um, On the future front, I, just, I, I, don't, I, I don't... I don't really... That's probably the main reason why it just irks me. Because... Like, it's one thing to, like, say, it's one, it's one thing to, it's one thing to, like, say you're, you're, I guess, about it, quote-unquote, but to actually be about it is, I don't know, I don't know, this is it, isn't it? Like, do I want him to take lean? No, of course I don't want him to take lean, but, like, you're rapping about it, but, and, and because of that, you know, people probably have done it because of that. And you know, it's, it, we ju- we literally just bitched about sheep. You think people ain't gonna listen listen to future and then like not get on that on that train someday? Maybe, maybe. You know, I'm not gonna pick numbers or anything. Like two thousand people have died because they listen to future. No, no, of course not. But we don't know that. That's abstract. But we do just we do underrate sometimes of how in and how inspirational can, people can be and how aspirational. Uh, listeners can be like uh, they they, like you said the ease is super super open door it's just it's a real open door like you can get some of that shit over the counter in your local pharmacy you can get that in uh, your 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 mother's uh, 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 medicine cabinet like you can get this stuff real quick so I, I don't I do find that really irritating, and you know, there's some, there's obviously a lot of people that just go, that you know, see people back in the day uh, saying they dealt drugs and whatever, and it's just like, oh, why would you rap about that? 
You know, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, you're saying a dangerous precedent on children, da 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 da. And it's just, and I guess for most for that, my retort to that, and it's a, obviously a very antiquated retort, <laughs> but it's this, you know, on that front, it's just like, you know, some of them had to, that's some for, for some for some that's literally all they had. Uh, you know, for for some there wasn't really much opportunity other than doing that, and you know. Of how, uh, if I want to give like a specific example, I guess, uh, 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 Biggie, I guess, you know, you know, but dude rapped, dude didn't do well at school, and so what else was there? You know what I mean? So, <laughs> and, and obviously there was that uh, that real funny uh, line in the film where it was just like, uh, you know, a, a, a dumpster a dumpster driver earns more than the teacher or whatever, but obviously he didn't become a dumpster driver. Uh, instead, instead uh, dealt drugs instead, and you know, sometimes it's just a matter of necessity. People don't need to take lean or whatever. You know, it's it's not it's not a necessity. Um, maybe if you had a, I don't know a really bad toothache, then yeah, sure. But you know, it's, 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 it's how how much of a percentage is that in terms of like how the reasons why people take it? Probably very probably probably not as uh, big as you think. So. I, I do I do find it a bit irritating, especially on the future side, where it's just like, then I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rely on fa- I'm not gonna rely on fans to not listen to him simply be- simply because you know th- a moral compass should kick in, saying like oh he doesn't he doesn't do this then why is he rapping about it this is terrible, you know they just they just listen because yeah. it's hype, so yeah. you know I'm not gonna rely on like fans to wise up because that's just a long that's a long gone road. But it, it, the dude's made so much money off that, and it's just like there's a there's a there's a disconnect there. There's a there's a there's, a, there's something wrong there. You know, it's just yeah, it, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth to be honest. See, see, there's a, there's a lot of angles to that. Um, the first is you're right about selling drugs is a lot different to using drugs because you know a lot of people like to say. Oh yeah, but you know they were selling drugs. That's such a bad example they're setting for people. Um, you're not thinking about the bigger picture at all. You're not thinking about what the circumstances are that you know they started. So- like there's there's just an infinite amount of aspects to that conversation. And but we can have that conversation around consuming drugs. But the thing is that addiction versus using them for fun it's a very very slippery slope and there's a very fine line and it's individual and it's unique to each person now i have a lot of personal experience with drugs like i actually sat down before i started this because i went through danny brown's whole career right and he's he's he has mentioned 31 separate drugs in his career and everyone was like oh my god that's a lot of drugs and i was like i think i've been on at least 31 drugs. So I'll count them out here. How many are they? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. So I've been on 19 separate psychiatric drugs since 2009. Uh, And I've, Mm. you know, I understand addiction. I was an alcoholic and it was freaking awful. And I have been around addicts my whole life. Uh, I understand the mindset behind it. And the, the real problem that I have with artists like Future, because Future has a song called I Hate the Real Me on Beast Mode 2, which came out in 2018. And it's like, 
The chorus is I'm trying to get high as I can because he hates, I hate the real me. I understand that. I feel that. But that's not real, right? Like you, you, this is not real. You're just rapping about that because that's what people want to hear. But you are the one that created that market for people wanting to hear that, which is really mm. crazy to me. It's like you did a whole album called DS2 and you had a song on there called Thought It Was a Drought and it was about like activists who had actually discontinued their cough syrup because like rappers were using it too much and shouting it out too much in music and people were dying from it. Why are you still promoting this consumption culture? And it, it just really sits poorly with me because, you know, all these drugs that I've been on, these are, you know, these are prescribed medications. This shit is not easy, man. You do get addicted to these drugs. These are all addictive drugs. You know, I've got mm. four benzos in here. I've got Valium, Xanax, Ativan, and Restoril. Uh, if anyone knows anything about benzos and Xanax particularly, it is one of the most dangerous drugs you can get your hands on because it feels amazing. There's no hangover. And if you suffer from any form of anxiety, it's going to be like the... You know, I, I like to draw comparisons between benzos and the movie Limitless. I don't know if you've seen that. Have you seen that with uh, Bradley Love Cooper? How good is that movie, right? It's an amazing movie. I watched Great it again. Film. And I was talking to my friend about it. And I, we were talking about it. And I'm like, Valium is my NZT. It's like once I take Valium, I'm good. I can actually function. I can work. I can... But I can't, obviously, you can't take it very often. It's highly addictive. You build up a tolerance rapidly. And when you try to withdraw from it, you get seizures. Like, you can die instantly when you withdraw from it. And I mean instantly. I don't mean as soon as you stop taking it. I mean, you can, you're, you can have like a heart attack or something can just happen and you're done. And so I have a huge issue with these artists rapping about drugs Firstly, they need to explain that they're taking it re recreationally. Uh, I don't have a problem with each individual making choices about whether they do or don't take drugs recreationally, mm. but I have a massive problem if you're misrepresenting the way that you're taking it. And that's why it's really hard to get behind future because you can't be rapping about all this stuff if you're not doing it, man. And you need to give us both sides. You can't just be throwing lines away like danny brown is a great example if we're going to use this we're going to get into this because danny brown always raps about both sides of the coin you know i i did a a tweet the other day and in the end so i looked at how how many of danny's drug references are positive and by positive i mean kind of reveling in the euphoria and how many are negative like the desperation the addiction the mental health implications it's literally 50 50 he 50% goes for the euphoria, 50% mm. is like dark shit. And I respect that deeply, but I think everyone should be rapping in that, in that way. Uh, people need to realize how much influence they're having on the listening audience. And you, you, know, you can't be just spouting off about drugs and then not telling people the whole story. That is dangerous. I find it really dangerous. Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess... I guess it's also a matter of thinking about, like, just zooming out a real lot, you know, not just to talk about drugs as well, but other things that we consider vices, I guess, you know, um, sex, money, you know, all that stuff. All of this is, you know, talked about in hip-hop, 
I do sometimes like wonder. Um, that that there, I think I think there really is like a conversation worth having when it comes to, um, obviously how hip hop artists talk about certain things. I guess when it when it comes to stuff like um, when it comes to stuff like money, I guess right. They can all talk about money because they're artists, <laughs> they're music artists. Like most of them, yeah. most of them have enough money to last to, to last me two lifetimes. You know what I mean? So when it when it comes to that, I guess it's a interesting thing. But we don't talk about money in the way we talk. We're talking about drugs here, you know, where people have to be careful about what they talk about. I just find that I just find that wrinkle very fascinating in terms of just how we. You know, obviously, we can easily talk about drugs like this, but uh, it, when it comes to other, I guess, vices or however you want to, uh, or lifestyles, I guess, it just, uh, it, <laughs> not everyone's, not everyone's built for it. Um, and you know, just going back to drugs, right quick, you know, it, not everyone's built for dealing drugs, but you know, it's, it's again, it's very easy to be about that taking drug life, like you mm. just said, like, it's super, super easy. So. Um, I guess on that front is probably the one that needs to be talked about the most and warned about the most simply because of the ease. You know, it's hard to get, it's hard to, you know, get money. It's hard, it's hard to do that in the, uh, in that sense. It's hard to get the cars. It's, it's sometimes hard to get the women. Um, <laughs> for, for some, for some it's hard to get the women. But, um. <laughs> when it when it comes to drugs, it's just like you know, it's this it's this kind of why we have to put so much weight on it because, um, it is it really is something that is probably the most accessible out of all the vices that are talked about during in hip hop. Like drugs is the easiest. Like like, yeah. I, like like we said, you know, go on the pharmacy counter. Can I have one? Can I have one of these? Like, you know, that's it. <laughs> Pay for it. You're good. So yeah. excuse the plane, but. Yeah, it, it it really it really it really is something to just uh, I guess like you know, uh, I it does it does I think it does require going back to like um uh, the Yasin Bey quote. It really is worth just like looking into just like why, uh, and obviously there are many factors to why people take drugs or whatever. Um, obviously in this age, it's <laughs> everyone everyone anxiety is a very uh prevalent thing. And it always has been, but obviously it's just more talks about in in recent years. Um, and maybe that's obviously that's obviously why people like I don't know Juice World, for example, is so you know relevant and prevalent is because he 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 links to he links to people that are like that. And you know I don't know how you feel about him, but in the limited listens I've had of him, it sounds I guess very uh, authentic. I guess. This is Juice um, World, you but, said. Sorry. Yeah, Juice World. Juice World. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, it, it, when it comes to stuff like that, it, I just, I do, I do, I do wonder, and sometimes I guess, uh, I guess I'll ask you this: like, how do you, how do you judge, authentic? How do you judge authenticity? Like, is it just, is it just like a feeling, and you just feel like they're being detailed? Because obviously, because obviously, Future's pulling the wall over many people's eyes here. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, it, it, it might be. It, it probably is. I, I don't know how easy it is to pull that wool over the eyes and just sound as authentic. Because literally, you know, until until I heard those uh, quotes about him not 
you know, not actually taking these drugs. Like, I would, you, if he didn't say that, none of us would have known. You wouldn't be, know. To be completely honest, wouldn't have known. So I know. do wonder sometimes the, how how authenticity plays into it for you, um, and just uh, yeah, just just how how does it play, and like, can you actually, I guess, detect it, or is it just a matter of I trust this person because of the amount of detail that we're putting in? It's so hard because you know each individual MC has a different way of expressing themselves on wax anyway. So. Yeah. If you look at, say, Offset, who has had an addiction to lean in the past, and he's he's been open about that, you wouldn't really think it from his lyrics. Like you listen to his lyrics, he doesn't get super deep into, you know, he he rap. He might put some lines or bars in his song about lean, but he won't actually go into in depth into it. The thing with Future is scary because he does go in depth about it. You know, he. Especially, uh, you know, he has a song called Xanax Damage on the Save Me EP. He has a song, an EP called Save Me. And, man, I mean, I know know that rappers play characters on Wax. We already know that, you know. They they take on a new persona and, like, but it's... It feels super disingenuous when you're talking about... But maybe it's because I have such an experience with drugs that maybe that's why it feels disingenuous to me. Maybe mm. that's why a lot of people were upset with Rick Ross when he would rap about selling drugs when mm-hmm. the evidence suggested that he didn't. Whereas to someone like me, I wasn't that concerned about it. Like It didn't stop me from listening to Rick Ross uh, because I've never sold drugs. I don't understand that life or that culture. And mm. so it didn't, it didn't hurt me as much as, as this hurts me. Uh, and I think that Rick Ross stuff has been debunked just to be 100% uh, transparent. I think people have, yeah, debunked that stuff. But anyway, um, authenticity is hard, man. I think Danny Brown is certainly authentic just because what I look for is there's a, uh, they're looking at both sides. They're giving a full story. They're giving human emotion. They're, they're not just, they, these aren't just throwaway lines. You know, Danny Brown might have a whole verse about the implications of taking one drug. Mm. Whereas these other rappers are just putting, like, it's just like, it's like all they rap about. But mm. like Travis Scott, for example, like how many, you know, how many times has he rapped about lean? But how many times do you, do you really know how he feels about it? I don't nope. know. I've never heard him go in depth into that. You know, there's nope. a song called Rest in Peace Screw. Is like rest in peace, the screwed tonight. We take it slow. Now he might be talking about chopped and screwed, but he says, "I just took a four to the head, like rain or like Maine." So a four is uh, activist, like it's it's lean. So I don't understand. Like it doesn't make any sense to me. I'm like, well, what what are you saying? Like first you're saying rest in peace to someone who died from an overdose of of promethazine and codeine and then you're saying that you're Mm. still consuming it like Mm. but 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 that's okay that's okay to say that but go into why like little wayne for example it's a great song pour up if anyone's ever not listened to this i know that you don't like little wayne that much i adore him but i can i can respect why people aren't the biggest little wayne fans but that song is like um there are some bars on there that are just heart-wrenching he's like i pour up a lot um, I know I should stop. I don't know how to stop. It's like he's talking about his stomach aching when he can't take it. And uh, I feel like dying is like, 
is deep, man. Like, so I really respect the artists who sound authentic about it because I think it's a it's a horrible thing to be afflicted with addiction. And I don't respect artists when they're just throwing throwaway lines about Xanax. Like I've got a list of specific artists who have come out and said that they have beaten addiction or they have been addicted to a certain drug, Timberland, Oxycontin, Louisie Vert, Xanax, Smoke Perp, Xanax, Mozzie, Lean, Riff Raff, Cocaine, Isaiah Rashad, Prescription Pills, Maxo Cream, Lean, Xanax, Gucci Mane, we know Lean, uh, Chance, the rapper, Xanax, Lil Baby, Lean, Offset, Lean. But when you look at that list, none of those artists to me stick out as artists who have dived deep into addiction on wax. None of them mm. have really, in my view, really spoken about what they've gone through with regards to addiction and the negative side of the drugs that they've been taking on wax. Right. They've done it in interviews. And I guarantee you 90% of the people listening to this um, to this podcast will probably be like, there'd be at least five on there that you didn't know were addicted. But you know their music. You'll be like, Chance? Xanax? Really? Yeah. yeah. I don't know about that. <laughs> or Isaiah Rashad? Yeah, like, like a little Uzi Vert? Xanax? Mm. Uh, like, I guess it makes sense, but I didn't know he was addicted. I knew he took it, but I didn't know he was addicted. And, and that's where I have a big problem. Authenticity is really hard to, to detect. And that would just, like, you know, that would, I guess, endear themselves much more. I don't know why it would... I mean, I guess it's a matter of just, like, you know, if you don't feel like you want to talk about it, then don't talk about it. I get it. But I just I, I, it, on the on the flip side of that, it's just like wow, that's you know that that sounds like a story worth telling right there. But um, you know, of course, it's up it's always up to the ice, like like we uh, like we say on the regular. But um, I guess just to finish up, I guess uh, I, I I I do I do I don't know if we succeeded in trying to find that like where that's where that line started of you know uh, of. Of being of being the seller to the consumer, I don't know when that started, and I don't know if we succeeded in saying that or not. But where, whenever it, wherever it was, or whenever it was, um, it I I, I desperately need it to go back because <laughs> it, it it really does. Um, I guess the reason why coke rap right is so prevalent now, but also so um, it doesn't it doesn't. It doesn't send me a wrong way, you know. When I listen to it, yeah, when I listen to like you know Benny or any Grizzled Boys or any or Push or whatever, when I listen to them, it see it it doesn't seem it it, it straight up doesn't, doesn't seem like you know uh, take cocaine. You know, I, I, I'll say cocaine if you want it. Like you know, it's it's just it's it's different. The tone the tone is different there, and yeah. that's what that's why yeah. you know kind of started with like the tone is super important to me. Like if yeah. you if you sound like you're, you know, uh, not exactly the biggest fan of this, but it's, you know how your life is, then sure, then go ahead. But um, I I it, it, I do I do kind of I think that's why stuff like coke rap is so it's not like you know nobody's writing think pieces about coke rap now, you know I think we've gone past that. Uh, we probably had those conversations way back in the day, but now it's no. not exactly anything worth talking about. Because we know, we, 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 we can clock the tone. We, we can clock the, um, 
what's the what's the what's the word I'm looking for? Like uh, uh, cautionary, cautionary tales. There you go. That's the word. That's the phrase I'm looking for. So it, it seems more like cautionary tales. You know, maybe it sounds a bit flexy, but you know, you, you can let that slide. But when it comes to like obviously the consuming stuff and you know what we talked about the whole episode, I just I just don't really. It really does sometimes just put me off in terms of just why, not why they say it, or but maybe it is just a reflecting of the times, I guess. Um, there may there may be there may be just a simple simple answer and maybe quite a cop out in my in my view, but um, it really does confuse me of why why people would create this music but not be whole about it. You know, if you if you're telling if you if you're telling this particular story, then you know it, it's always good to have it's good to have as many sides as possible in my mind. It, it, it's always it's always beneficial for everybody. So I don't I don't know when I don't know when America side can be in the consumer and not the seller. But um, and and you know when it comes to selling back in the day, it wasn't exactly a matter of um, you know it was obviously a Again, I don't do this kind of uh, tinge to it, but it's it's gone it's gone both it's gone both the bad way in 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 both of those uh, sides of the coin where you know it's instead of selling it's buying, and instead of saying it's bad it's it's it's, it's not it's not it's not the worst thing in the world you know it's it's I, I, mm. it, it it really does. It re- it really does rub me the wrong wrong way sometimes, and uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a it's a tenuous uh, it's a tenuous issue that I don't think will really go away until there's like a I guess the I guess the wave of the either the seller or the just the it's bad um, set of people come come back through to uh, I guess uh, preach the word of uh, of how of how bad it is because. Um, so, some people, some people, just leaving it to be what it is, and I don't, and I think there should be a, like a definite proactivity to some of these artists in terms of what they're talking about. Bro, man, Drake said I took half a Zan, thirteen hours till I land, had me out. Bro, that's like a so light. flexy. Like, like uh, that seems, oh, that seems so flexy. It doesn't sit right with me. <laughs> on a number one song. Like, come on, like, it's just like, so just quickly to a couple of your points, just to sum up, I honestly think it was around 2005 that we switched over from selling to consuming. I think the, I think that, you know, we know, we already know the 2000s was a really messy place for hip hop. We don't know what was going on. That's a whole serial podcast, bro. (laughs) We got to do that. We have to do that. But I honestly think Lil Wayne was, uh instrumental in it like he was a big part of and and you know other rappers were rapping about lean first you know uh beanie siegel was rapping about it a lot uh there was a there was a lot of talk around cash money and heroin back in the day uh 50 cent even said that bg was uh, addicted to heroin i don't know if those stories are true but it certainly started creeping up and it wasn't it wasn't a it wasn't a click. It was a transition, a slow transition. Mm. The other thing that you said was great point about uh, selling versus consuming. We already know why rappers had to sell drugs because they had been suffering from systemic oppression and racism for like hundreds of freaking years. Economic and, you know, choking, really, isn't it? There's so much... 
you know, rappers rap about it all the time. You know, it's、mm-hmm. like our only hope was to either rhyme, to play a sport, or to sell drugs. Exactly. And none of them were none of them were selling drugs as a career choice. They weren't like, <laughs>、yeah. you know what, I'm going to sell drugs for the rest of my life. It's like no, they were、yeah. selling drugs to make enough money to get the hell out of what the horrible situation they were placed、exactly. placed in. And、yep. so every single bar about selling drugs had that history. It didn't matter what the actual content of the bar was. It's like Jay Z could rap about.、Uh, I just, I just ruined something I was going to do. Anyway,、um, <laughs> okay.、Uh, he、we'll、rapped about selling selling drugs to his mum.、Um, it's not true, right? He he came out and said he never did that, but. The line resonated because everyone's like,、mm, you know. I think Two Chains even enwraps something about that, but no one saw it as a horrible, like it's a horrible thing, right? But no one said you're a bad person for doing that. They're like, okay, we understand where that came from. Whereas、yeah. this consumption culture, people were like, where is it coming from? And、mm. you might be right; it might be coming from、uh, the societal situation that we're in right now. But I think that's the problem, and I think hopefully, I, I, I go to your last point about when it's going to change. It will require rappers coming out and publicly denouncing consumption culture. Now, I think J Cole tried to do it on KOD, yeah,、uh, but it was cringy and corny as hell, man. I didn't, I didn't fuck with it at all because I'm like, here we go again. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't. I'm gonna. I'm dying on so many hills. I'm gonna die. Like all, I gotta spread myself thin because there's so many hills I'm gonna die on.、Uh, but like, but but that's a good start. I'm not. You know, I I pers it personally didn't resonate with me at all. But it is a very good start, and I think that is where it will change in the future. I think rappers will start to come out. More rappers will will pass away. Sadly, horribly, people are dying from this stuff every day. Rappers will die from this, which is horrid to even say or consider. But I think it will happen, and、yep. rappers will start coming out and being like, "Okay, we can't. This is ridiculous." And it it will take prominent rappers. Obviously, this is not happening because Drake is still endorsing it.、Uh, since I've broken the rule I set for myself, Kanye West is endorsing it. Like, yeah, man, I think it's gonna.、Um, I think it will change, but it's it's gonna take time. It's definitely going to take time. Well, and on that note, we shall move to a lighter note. There's <laughs> no segue. There's no possible segue I could have done. No, it's just no not, we're done. There's nothing. So I'm just going to jump into a lighter note. <laughs> so well, well said. Anyway, actually, well said. Well、Thank、finished.、Um, well, speaking of dying on hills.、Um, guys, we need to get on Ben, please, because、um, this dude, this dude is out of control. So we had a conversation off wax uh, about uh, uh, our boy、um, Snitcher in Chief Teriyaki Six Nine, and I think you said on the pod way back. I forgot what episode, but way back you said the like. It's like our second or six third nine pod. is the most intelligent, f- intelligent being. He's finessing us all stuff like this. And you know, I I I I let that shit go at the at the, at the start because at that point he was you know you did not let、top. it go you did not let it go no 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 let me finish let me finish I let I I I I'm not gonna say I let okay I'll rephrase I I 
I, I forgot about it, okay? I forgot about it because I assumed that when he got caught and when he started snitching, that you would have let it go. <laughs> but then you hit me up the other day going, oh, Joe Budden validated my opinion. Teriyaki 6 9 is the smartest person on earth. Uh, and I'm like, wait, you're still on this hill? You're still willing to die on this hill after he snitched to hell. Oh my goodness. After he snitched to high heaven, chirped like the fattest canary of all time. Like the canary from the fucking Shrek movie. Like, bro, how have you not got off this yet? I'm so surprised. Like, oh my God. You still think he's finessing us? Bro, this is not fucking Ocean's Eleven, mate. This is not okay. now you see me. All right, this is not the Thomas Crown Affair. This is not Ocean's 8. I'm just going to keep naming heist films. This is not Tower Heist. Hey, shout out Rihanna. Shout out Rihanna. <laughs> shout out Rihanna. This is not Hustle, okay? Stop. Stop. He's done. He's not intelligent. It's, it's over. Stop. All right, just get all right. off the hill. I was, the reason I was so excited was because I've been on that hill for a long time <laughs> and no one's ever come up. I've not even seen anyone at the foot of the hill looking up at me. I've just seen no one. And then all of a sudden, Joe Biden just appeared next to me. And I was like, hey, Joe. Hey, man, what's happening? And he said, and look, it's been a quiet time for me with Takashi 69 Or as I call him, what did I call him? Uh, oh, I can't even remember. Ratashi, Snicks, Ratashi Snitch 9 or something like that. I got a lot of engagement off that tweet. But, um, dude, no, you can't snitch. He's, he's a horrible human, but... If he is actually a police informant, like he's a plant oh my. from the start. Oh, wow. From the start. Brother, you go a... down the informant route. What did you say? Are you going down the informant route? Well, he's an inform- well he is an informant. We know that. But it, 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 it oh just my. depends <laughs> at what point the police got to him. Now... It could go either way at this point. What, I, what I'm saying is I'm, I'm not going to die on this hill. I'm waiting. I'm waiting to see. I don't know if we'll ever know the answer. Look, I'm not condoning anything 6 9 has done. I think he's just a horrible human. I think he got stuck in a terrible situation. But I think you don't have to go down this route as a human. You don't. There's no one's forcing you to do anything. So, I'd, I look... No, I don't. I don't condone anything. I don't condone him getting up there and just pointing at Cardi B and saying, "Hey, you're a nine tray blood as well." Like <laughs> Jim Jones, you're from nine. Like, shut the fuck up. What are you saying? Shut the fuck up. You can't say that shit. Just relax, all right? You can't just take take your L and sit in jail. Like you oh, you're fucked really, up. You're, re- you you're really convincing me on this intelligence thing. But <laughs> if he is, if he was a police informant from the very beginning. How wild is that, bro? Like, here, I'm listening to his music again yesterday. I'm like, is this guy a police officer? Like, if he's a police officer, he's the most intelligent human ever. He's like, I pull up with the stick. I got your lit or something. Like, this is like, whoa, man. Yeah, man. If, If it turns out that, if it ever comes out, which was my point, if it ever comes out that he was a police officer from off the rip, I'm. I, people will be on that hill with me. I'm not dying up there, man. I'll walk down the hill if it turns out this was all un, untrue. Like I'm. If 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 he just, yeah. If if it's if it looks the way it looks, then I'm walking down the hill. But if he was a police informant from the start, <sighs> wow. 
I won't die on that hill, man. We're going to have some good conversations up there. There'll be people with me. Oh, my days. You know what, right? The hill has the hill has gotten larger since. Like, I can't believe this. Like, you, you, you went from he's intelligent as hell and he's finessing us all to like, what if he's a police informant? You've got a conspiracy <laughs> mode. Oh, my days. Because you I'm irrational right now. You are tinfoil level, bro. Tin foil level being, is actually mad. I'm not being logical. I'm you not are being logical foil. right now. You are tin foil level. This is crazy. Oh, you bro. know me, man. You know this I love tin, the tin this foil is madness. hat. This is I got a freaking, madness. I got a, I got a hat rack that comes around with me with tin foil hats on it. There's all different names on them, like capitalism, socialism, major labels, Takashi Six Nine. I got like I got specific tin foil hats oh, for situations, man. man. Unbelievable. I got them out. So I'm I'm just I'm just I'm just looking at the lyrics to Gummo and I'm just like trying to see where the possible uh, hints he's given. Uh, may, may, maybe maybe in New York, my niggas don't milli rock, my niggas money bop. Maybe it's that. Maybe 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 it's that. Put milli in the stash box. I grind it for my spot. Maybe that's that. That's some dissect Cole Kushner shower. Um, I want I want a six nine dissect. Uh, just we just need to prove this. We just need to prove this. We need to we need to lock it Please. down. Guys, don't do that. Every, I need to go through every lyric. That. Imagine that. It just goes. That's the end up. of dissect. That's the end of dissect podcast. No one's going to tune be into so that. That was so amazing. Imagine that. It just goes without further ado. Let's dissect. Icky ah, icky with the stiffy ah. Oh god. That would actually be fucking comedy. I would actually love that actually. just for a joke. Oh, do you know what? I want him to. Bro, April Fools. April Fools that shit, bro. Oh. Just drop an episode <laughs> just half an hour oh, on Gummo. That'll be Dude, fucking freeze. I might that would be a slide into their century. I might slide into their DMs. Do you, do I have permission to, to pitch that to them? Because I've been speaking Please. to them a little bit. Do on I have beh- permission? Half of both of us pitch to pitch to oh. Bossman Cole. Shout out to Cole Kusher. And just get please. That'll be great. That'll be absolutely fucking amazing. <laughs> Oh man, I'm gonna pitch that today. I'm gonna slide yeah. in their DMs. Oh man, that'd be that'd be amazing. Fuck <laughs> oh, me! I, I literally just thought that. Mo- I literally just thought that. That is actually a fucking golden idea. I, I'm I'm pissed that I've let out into public domain. But damn, I want that to happen. I want that to happen. Dissect you someone at to, someone right. at someone at dissect. No, 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 it's on wax. That's that's good that it's on wax. Don't yeah. worry, man. I, I yeah. got him. I got him. I got someone him. Someone at I'll, I'll, I'll everyone. Text. Everyone listening him. at dissect. We need a gummo. Break. <laughs> you need to cover April Fool's breakdown. <laughs> just That'd for the logs. So epic, just man. for the logs, man. Absolutely crazy. Ah, <sighs> oh, and on that note, <sighs> ladies and gentlemen. No, no, no. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh, hang you got on answer? two. Got I got two. I got okay, two. Go I got it, two. Go just it. quickly, because because first I want to self-deprecate, and then I want to gas you up. So first, what <laughs> okay. I mentioned when I said I broke my own rule was I didn't want to speak about Jay Z or Kanye West on this podcast, and I fucked up. Ah. I fucked up. Because so what I do when I when I record the podcast is I just I don't think I just talk and uh, yeah man I, I tried really hard and I failed. The second the second <laughs> thing I wanted to say is okay so I was hanging out with a friend on the weekend and we were talking about the podcast and she'd listened a couple of times and so she said to me, "What's Charlie like?" And I said, "Yeah, Charlie's fucking amazing. I love Charlie." She's like, "He has a really really cute voice," and I was uh-huh. like, "You think so?" And uh, then I told her the story about, you know, me saying that I send this to girls' prospective dates back when I was dating. 
And then you were like, eh, they'll, they'll choose me over my voice. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's a good point. So she's like, she says, what does he look like? And I'm like, um, I'll send, I'll show you his Instagram. So show her a couple of pictures. It was one of you in a basketball jersey. She's like, yeah, I'm not feeling the basketball jersey. I'll show her a couple more. She's like, wow, he's really, really cute. He's, he's hot. And I was like, you reckon? She's like, yeah, man, he's hot. I, I, I dig that. I really am into that. So I just thought I'd just, you know, that's a, that's a, com- that's a genuine conversation we had. I just thought I'd, I'd let you know. Big ups. Big ups. Yeah. Big I'm ups to that. you, man. I'm, yeah, Big ups to you for being self-guess. an... I like an, that. I like that. Big ups to you for being an attractive human and uh, outshining me in, <laughs> in all realms. <laughs> well played, sir. <laughs> ben, if you, don't have, if, you, if you don't have anything in this world... You have the best statistics in the in the in in the hip hop game. Okay, you have. That. Oh, that's and true. Nobody can best. take that away from you, my guy. Nobody that's can true. Take that that's away true. From you. I'll keep and that, man. I'll keep. Shout, shout, shout out to my parents. And on that note, <laughs> <laughs> we shall we shall end it there, ladies and gentlemen. This has been digging the digits. I've been Charlie Taylor. I've been Ben Carter of Hip Hop Numbers, aka Mr. Tinfoil Hat. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed this episode. <laughs> Uh, if you have any feedback to give us, uh, if you if you have any gas to give me, then I'll happily take that because I'm 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 that, that's 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 part of my day. That's part of my week. I'm feeling good. I'm that's glad, nice. Man. That's, that's, that's always good to have that. That's, that's, that's a nice pick me up. Thanks, Ben. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, we shall see you next week. Have a good week, everybody, and we shall always always try and do the same. But until the next time, take it easy, ladies and gentlemen. Ah, right, peace. Digging in the Digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show is edited by me. Music for the show, pizza and video games by bonus points. Thanks to Chill Hop Records for the ability to use. Socials for the fifth element, hip hop by numbers, bonus points, and Chill Hop Records will be in the description wherever you're listening. This has been a fifth element podcast network and hip hop by numbers collaboration. Podcast number three under the fifth element podcast network premieres October 11th. Thanks for spending time with us. We shall see you next time on Digging in the Digits.